0: But if you stop and you think about how much of your time gets caught up in people dynamics, you know, whether it's a staff person coming or going, infighting, et cetera, like you quickly realize, okay, wait, maybe I should be more proactive rather than reactive to what's happening with my
1: team. Welcome to One Next Step, the most practical business podcast in the world, helping you get more done, grow your business, and lead your team with confidence with tips and tools you didn't get in business school. Here are your hosts, Trisha Shortino and Lisa Ziveld. Welcome to One Next Step, the practical business podcast that helps you run your business and make it stop running you so you can enjoy your work and your life.
2: I'm Trisha Shortino, the CEO of Belay. And I'm Lisa Zivel, the COO of Belay. Together, we're the team LZ. We've known each other since 2005 and have worked together for over a decade, growing a 100% remote business from startup to now being recognized on the Inc. 5000 list of fastest growing companies for six years running.
1: Yes, six years. LZ and I have learned a lot along the way and we have made some awesome friends and partners. For The One Next Step, we are cashing in some favors to bring you episodes filled with excellent content delivered by some talented people. And we
2: may have a thing or two to add ourselves. (laughs) The
1: One Next Step is here to help you on your leadership
2: journey. That's right. So each week we are going to release a new episode answering your questions about running an organization. We will always highlight one next step for you. That way you can take immediate action and we will also include an activation guide that reinforces what you've heard today.
1: We're excited you're with us today. In this episode, we'll be talking about how to kickstart your company culture, and we'll be joined by Jenny Catron, CEO at the Foresight Group. She is going to help us gain a better understanding of what company culture is, why it's so important, and how we can create a strong culture within our organizations.
2: Yeah, organizational culture is critical for our company's success, but it's often discussed like a mysterious force that magically makes things awesome. Think, you know, like Best Places to Work awards, or even toxic, think of like lots of bad reviews on Glassdoor while culture is powerful, it doesn't have to be so mysterious. And there are practical things you can do to shape the environment you and your team work in every day. So in this episode, we will demystify culture and empower you with simple steps to create a great place to work. No unicorns required.
1: I want to talk about leading remotely, because whether you're just dipping your toe into remote leadership or you've jumped in with both feet, one thing is certain. While it's not rocket science, it does take some careful leadership adjustments and recalibrations to foster the kind of relationships you need to be successful. Thankfully, Belay has 10 years of experience being a 100% remote company and has the expertise necessary to
2: help guide you. That's right. And it gets even better. For our podcast listeners, Belay is offering a free four-part mini remote leadership masterclass that covers a variety of topics, including productivity, trust, communication, and culture. You can lead a thriving, engaged, and productive team remotely, and Belay can help you. Get started by visiting belaysolutions.com forward slash mini course today. Now, let's get started with today's listener question. Hi, Tricia and Lisa. It's Clark from Alabama. Over the last few years, my team has grown from me and my business partner to seven employees. However, for our projects, we have 10 to 25 contractors that join us on site for work with clients. As I've read books and listened to podcasts, I keep hearing people talk about the value of a good culture. It's a little embarrassing to admit this, but I'm not quite sure I understand what company culture is. And I definitely don't know how to create it. I just know that I love my team and I want them to enjoy working for my company. So would you please explain culture and tell me what I can do to create a good culture? Thank you so much for your help. Hey Clark! I love that you are asking about culture and want not only your employees to enjoy working for your company, but your contractors as well. Kudos! I believe today's guest, Jenny Catron, is the perfect person to help you and the rest of the leaders listening discover how you can build a world-class culture.
1: Yes. As the founder and CEO of the Foresight Group, Jenny and her team consult with businesses, churches, and nonprofits on leadership and organizational health. She's also the author of three books, including The Four Dimensions of Extraordinary Leadership and the host of the Jenny Katrin Leadership Podcast. We've included links to her podcast and books in the show notes for you. So now enjoy our interview with Jenny. Welcome to the podcast, Jenny. We're so excited
0: you're with us today. Thanks, Trisha, this is gonna be fun. I've been looking forward to this conversation.
1: Oh, I know. I know we got the too. right person on board to talk about culture. But before we even go there, um tell us and our listeners a little bit about yourself, your journey, your story. You have a fascinating story. You've done a lot of things.
0: <laughs> well, i am I am an achiever by nature, so that's, that's just kind of goes with the territory. But uh, Midwest Kid, born and raised in Wisconsin, and then I set my sights on the music business in Nashville. So that was my dream job since I was like a thirteen year old kid was, wanted to work. I wanted to be a CEO of a record company. I was that specific with what I wanted to do with my life. That's
1: specific. That's a cool. I love it. Yeah. So
0: a little bit of an overachiever my whole life, but uh, I went to school in Tennessee and then landed a job at the record company that I had wanted to work for Mm -hmm. since I was a kid. And uh, so that was my dream job and living it, loving it, doing all of that. And then I had the opportunity to go on staff at a church that I worked at, a fast growing church in the Nashville area, served uh, nine years there as executive director, And uh, we grew from one location to six and uh, over 500 attendees to over 6,000 attendees. Staff went from like five to 75. I mean, all the craziness of growth, which uh, was really like a fun ride, but also pretty exhausting and terrifying at some points. Went and served for another few years at a church out in California. And then I launched uh, the Foresight Group about four years ago now, and really with a heart to develop leaders and help leaders build healthy culture, uh, which Mm -hmm. I know we're going to talk about today, but what I learned through all of that season was just the power of team and the power of creating great environments where team members thrive. And once that's established, we can figure out strategy. We can figure out all the rest of the things, but Mm -hmm. that really became my driving passion and then was the foundation for the organization I started. Uh, I'm married my husband and I've been married 21 years which kind of gives wow. me a <laughs> 29, 20. You got married when you were nine. Right. Yes, <laughs> of course I was. And uh and so um he's you know, we just have a phenomenal relationship. We love to hike. He's actually hiking the mountains in the Sierra Nevadas right now, trying to dodge smoke from the wildfires. Oh um, my goodness. So anyway, so that is our world. Um we live near my extended family because I love being Aunt Jenny. So I have nieces and nephews mm. that I love to spoil. Don't have children uh-huh. of my own, so they get the best time and energy from me most of the time. So
1: that's a little bit of my world. I love it. Yeah, I think I met you back in the days when you were in your church life. Yes. When you were in Tennessee, I believe. Yeah. That's kind of when we crossed paths through Shannon and some mm-hmm. of our other mutual kind of friends and partners. So it's it's great to see your your journey evolve over time and uh, to see where you are today. And I'm just super excited to talk all things culture. And as we step into that, before we even get started, I would love for you to even just explain what culture is. Sure. So that we're all kind of, st- we're all talking from the same playbook and we're all sitting from the same page and, and really just defining when you say culture, what do you mean?
0: Yeah, it's such a good question because, there, you know, we can apply the word culture to a lot of different things. And for me specifically, I'm talking about the team culture, the dynamics of a working group. And I'm assuming that's the perspective you guys are coming from as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and really, I'll give you a little backstory and then I'll give you a little explanation on what I believe culture is. But I, I really stumbled into it in my uh, early career when I was working at the record company. Again, very driven, overachiever, who just had all the goals in mind and the strategies and the tactics for getting there. And I quickly discovered that I was not going to get there if I didn't first figure out how to help align a team and get a a team to work together effectively to accomplish those goals. And uh, so that's when I kind of stumbled into the importance of culture and the responsibility as leaders to develop healthy culture. And uh, so when I talk about culture, specifically team culture, we're really talking about the beliefs and the customs of a group. Like, What are the beliefs? What are some of the behaviors, the customs, the things that make a team of people distinct from another one. Uh, In fact, I think the Webster's Dictionary says it's a way of thinking, behaving, and working. And I love those three words of like the way we think as a team, the way we behave, and the way we work. Really make up our culture, really define that ethos, that kind of DNA that makes my team different from your team and really creates the personality of our organization. So that's what I talk about. And I think most of the listeners can probably Think to different cultures they were a part of, some of them really great, and some of them not so great. And it was those kind of intangibles, those beliefs, values, behaviors, the way we think, the way we work, that distinctively create a culture that either uh, attracts great talent or repels great talent. So that's what I'm talking about when I talk about culture.
2: Yeah, I love that. And I like how you just said that, let's focus on culture first, and that Strategy can come after that, but we've got a lot of different listeners with a lot of different businesses or organizations that that might be a little scary to them to think about. What do you mean that I have to put strategy on the back burner and focus on culture first? Because a lot, it just feels kind of squishy. Yeah, you know, it feels <laughs> like <squishy>. oh, yes. <laughs> you know, it does kind of lovey-dovey culture. Like I just want people to work really, really hard and meet their metrics and, um, you know, achieve their goals. So you just said you were achiever. Yeah. So um, I think that we need to t- kind of talk about why it's so important. Yeah. Why is culture so important to an organization?
0: Yeah. And you're exactly right, Lisa. It is the squishier part of organizational life, yeah. right? And it's like, it's harder to measure. So if you are mm-hmm. somebody who's very driven by metrics and, you know, hitting those goals and things, be very hard to say hey but I'm gonna I'm gonna spend time trying to nurture this dynamic of my team and right. I, how do I quantify that how do I connect that to the bottom line and mm-hmm. you know when we're, foresight is working with organizations we talk about there are really three key elements to a great organizational working environment and mm-hmm. they're a sense of purpose because we all need to know our mission mm-hmm. vision why we exist as an organization most organizations are pretty clear on that then there's the right. culture piece, like our team and who is doing what. And then mm-hmm. there is the strategy piece. But what I find most organizations do is we start with the purpose and we get the purpose, the vision, mission, what are we doing and why. And then we we jump to strategy and we neglect kind of this building block in the middle which is culture, and I really think it's right. the linchpin that connects purpose to strategy. Mm-hmm. And if you can visualize it that way and you realize, you know what, if my p- culture is not healthy, people are ultimately who are going to accomplish the purpose through the strategy so if our people our culture is not healthy and thriving think about how much time gets wasted in infighting or a staff person who is disgruntled or somebody who isn't clear about their job and their responsibilities like as soon as i talk to leaders and i say hey i realize that you you know you feel like you want to fixate on the strategies because that's much more tangible but if you stop and you think about how much of your time gets caught up in people dynamics, you know, whether it's a staff person coming or going, in fighting, et cetera, like I just mentioned, when you stop and you actually think about that, and how mm. much of your time gets derailed in some of the people dynamics within your team, oh, totally. you you quickly realize, okay, wait, maybe I should be more proactive rather than reactive to what's happening with my team.
2: Yes, perfect. And that shows up in the metrics all day long. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, healthy teams produce
0: great results.
2: Yeah, and there are you know there are
0: stats around this too. You know, uh, Harvard Business Review had an article about disengaged workers, they're 37% higher absenteeism. So somebody who's disengaged, not connected to your culture, 37% higher absenteeism, 49% more accidents. If you're in an environment where, you know, you have to mitigate Mm -hmm. for accidents, um, 60% more errors and defects. So you can start quantifying that pretty quickly if, if you're careful um, if you look at it that way, so there are some statistics that kind of reverse engineer that to say, hey, if we're not creating healthy culture and our teams are disengaged, we're going to see these other metrics fall off.
1: Right, perfect. So, how do you create healthy culture?
0: That's the million dollar question. Come on, Jenny. <laughs> <treat us. laughs>
1: Or start creating right that culture, that, that culture. thriving, healthy organizational culture. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And first of it is having a
0: conversation like this, where we're we're just starting to become aware of it. Because you know, the thing that I often tell leaders is, you have a culture whether you've defined it or not, and your team are talking about it. Like if you know, are they are they talking about your organization in a way that they're they want their friends to come and work and be a part of it? Are they bragging about what happens inside your organization? what what does your revolving door look like? You know, there's some symptoms Mm -hmm. that can tell you what's happening with your culture, but just being aware that it exists, whether you've acknowledged it Mm -hmm. or not. And then secondly, that you are aware that you hold disproportionate influence on your culture as the leader, right? Like everybody who's a part of the team is helping shape culture because culture is, Mm -hmm. you know, this collective influence of a whole group of people. Everybody who's on the team has some influence on the culture But the leader disproportionately holds the reins to say, hey, here's the culture that I want. And so be aware of it. But then you've got to say, what do I want it to be, right? Like the analysis of like, hey, here's what our culture looks like today. What's the culture that I really want what do, what are the values that I want to shape who we are as a team how do I want us to think behave and work in a way that helps us achieve mission uh, so defining it and then owning it as a leader and saying hey I'm going to step into this and then we can we can get into a whole array of you know next steps in regard to okay how do you do that definition how do you mm-hmm. start implementing it into the systems in the everyday life of your organization and so there's a whole kind of another trail of things, but being aware of it, defining it, and then owning it as a leader would be some of the first three things I think we need to do.
2: Yeah. And I like how that you said it really does that as a leader, you have a disproportionate Mm -hmm. amount of Really determining what that culture is. I mean, I think we all have those experiences. I used to work for an organization, and uh, the leader was just a very kind of angry person. So it didn't matter if HR. Right, was mm-hmm. trying to have this happy, go lucky, mm-hmm. fun environment right. when the leader themselves was slamming doors and walking through the office kind of angrily. So I think that's really good for us to know as leaders is sometimes we, we put other people in place to run the mm-hmm. organization and you're just kind of leaving it up to them, but they yeah. can only do so much. Yeah. that You may bring up a really good point, Lisa,
0: because I do see this happen a lot, especially the larger an organization Mm. is, the more you can see the temptation of the most senior leader to try to delegate, okay, we've got Mm -hmm. a culture problem. Maybe they've done a survey of some kind, they've gotten some feedback or in some way that, or they've just seen the turnover within their team. And it's finally like made them, you know, concerned enough to say, all right, there's something going on here. We need to pay attention to, uh, I I had an example with a team. This was a while back and they had done a culture survey for their team. And Mm -hmm. got the results. The results were not so good. And Mm -hmm. we were kind of doing a debrief. I was debriefing with them the results of their survey. And the senior leader looked at the HR person and said, Okay, can you go handle that? And I was like, No, 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 time out. You're missing (laughs) the point. (laughs) Yes, yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes, you're, you know, if you're a large enough organization where you have an HR team, they're going to probably help facilitate some of the things that need to happen to help shift our culture in a healthy way. But as the most senior leader, you have to own it and feel the responsibility for it. It has to start with you. You know, there's a John Maxwell quote that says, everything rises and falls with leadership. And particularly the culture of your organization, as the most senior leader, you are setting the tone. So if you're not owning it and helping model it and then help lead through it, and again, it doesn't mean you have to lead through all the specific tactics, but you really have to take the ownership and responsibility for saying, We want to see a healthy, thriving culture. And I've got to see my place in that first. And then, of course, bring in the other staff members who need to help build up the systems and infrastructure that keep culture healthy. So absolutely critical point, because I've seen so many people just kind of want to delegate it. And uh, it's one of the most, I think it's one of our biggest responsibilities as leaders and senior leaders is helping protect the culture of our organizations. You guys do that so well. It's something you own at the top of the organization.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I feel like it's oh, yeah. the, it's the most important thing I should be doing every day is, you know, there's teams of people who are executing on strategies and operating the businesses inside all the departments, but up at the executive level, I mean, I think you 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 said exactly what I was going to say is that we set the tone. For, right. the whole, for the whole, organization, which then sets the tone for the clients and, and everybody else because it, it kind of ripples through the entire organization. It's felt out in the market. So I think, mm-hmm. you know, your, your internal team culture not only affects the, you know, satisfaction of your team and what they can produce, but it absolutely then turns into a client experience, good or bad, yeah, totally. um, which then affects the brand and your reputation and everything else. So mm-hmm. it. it's so cyclical yeah. how it all comes back around.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't matter how many coaches you hire um, in books you read, if you don't want to put in the hard work for it, you know, yeah, like you true. said, it's, it's trying to delegate it to somebody else.
0: That is probably one of the hardest parts about culture work, especially if an organization hasn't had a great culture, you know, maybe a leader's recognizing, mm-hmm. oh man, okay. I, I thought this maybe just took care of itself or whatever reason might have existed for not giving it due attention or a new senior leader comes in, recognizes that they're a part of an organization where the culture is not so healthy, and mm-hmm. they recognize they've got some work to do to help move this culture in a healthy direction. I think the hardest thing for a leader to hear is that culture change is also a very patient and persistent process. Mm-hmm. It's also why we need to protect it so much. You know, you guys at Belay have done such an exceptional job of keeping culture kind of top of mind throughout the history of your organization. And Mm -hmm. so, as far as I know, there wasn't a major moment Mm -hmm. where you had to say, "Oh, we've got to completely rebuild our culture." You guys have nurtured it the whole time. A lot of people recognize, or they come into an environment where culture really actually has to be shifted and Mm. and and rather rebuilt to some degree. And that's pretty. It's a lot of heavy lifting, and it's a very patient and persistent process. That, you know, some researchers will say, you know, to majorly shift the culture of an organization is oftentimes a three to five year commitment. And we don't like that as leaders. We like to see things happen overnight. We're used (laughs) to fast change. But when we're talking about people change and we're talking about culture change, which is really behavior change. That requires a lot more attention, consistency, persistence from us as leaders. And it's important mm-hmm. for leaders to recognize that and be patient with that process. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would just add that to, to kind of what you were saying there.
2: Yeah. and I think it's that we've always said we wanted to create an organization that we would want to work for. Yes. That's where it starts from. It, it you know, yeah. why create an organization that you yourself would not, if you are right. the leader Would you, want you to work for coming you? to your yeah. own company, there's yeah. a problem. <laughs> there's a problem. Right. Right. right.
1: right. Right. Or do you want to work for somebody that's like you, right? Or do you want to work right. for yourself? Are you be, yeah. yes. Well, and you think about it, you know, I mean, we
0: spend a third of our lives probably at a minimum in the organizations we serve, you know, and if, if it's draining the life out of you, why in the world mm. would you want to stay, Right. Why in the mm-hmm. world would you want to be a part of that? So I think if we could even ask ourselves that as leaders to say, hey, yeah. you know, how can I create an environment that I'm excited to be a part of? And then in turn, mm-hmm. my team members are excited right. to be a part of, uh, you know, then, like we said, the strategy mm-hmm. becomes more of an overflow because if people are connected to a culture where they feel like they are valued, they're empowered, they can thrive, they're engaged, they understand the purpose and the mission of the organization. So those two things are in alignment then strategy becomes like, I mean, yes, it's work. And there are days that it is still work. It's not like it's all, you know, la la all the time. It's like, this is still work, but connected to purpose and a part of a culture that, uh, again, that is just healthy and thriving. Then the strategy part takes on a life of its own. And, you know, you remove the friction in the organization essentially to accomplishing strategy when you have a healthy culture.
2: So we try to be the most practical business podcast in the world. I know it's a very lofty goal, <laughs>
0: It's so good. I love it. Uh, Hey,
2: overachievers, Trisha (laughs) and I are definitely over. Most practical. We're going for it. (laughs) But I'm thinking, sitting here talking to you and knowing what is happening in the world right now with uh, the pandemic and COVID nineteen, there's a lot of businesses who are just trying to focus on keeping their doors open having, you know, ends meet those types of things that culture may not feel like the first thing that they need to tackle right now. So knowing where we are, is there something that they can work on? Maybe it's just even small because they are focused on getting new business and other things, but they don't have to just push culture away to the side that they can continue to focus on it even during a season like we're in right now.
0: Yeah, that's so good that, and and it's, I think actually an environment like this is more telling than ever of Mm. the health of our culture or lack of health, right? Like whatever we were pre-pandemic is just more exposed in the thick of pandemic, right? Like that pressure of crises kind of exposes what we already are. And Mm. so for most leaders that I'm talking to and coaching, they're saying to me, hey, Jen, ooh, okay, I... I thought we were okay, but now I'm noticing this about my team or about our culture Mm -hmm. that isn't really the healthiest or, Hey, I'm noticing this and it's good, but we need to, we need to get even better at that. So Mm -hmm. what I, what I'm hearing from most leaders is that it's very clear right now, if they're paying attention to it, the health of their culture. Mm -hmm. And what I would say in this season is that, uh, and as much as I can anticipate what's coming, our teams are going to have to be leaner, and stronger than ever in order to mm. continue to navigate what's ahead of us. And I'm sure a many of your listeners have had to make tough decisions about budgets and staffing and things to continue to to lead through this season. And so that only serves to emphasize the point that our teams need to be leaner. We've got we've got to be hyper vigilant about where our dollars are going these days. And so we need leaner totally. teams. But stronger teams, because I don't know about you guys, but even for our team, it's like I feel like we're working more than ever for hard, the impact is mm-hmm. much more difficult to measure, right? And yeah, a yeah. lot of the leaders I'm talking to are saying the same things. We're working twice as hard for about the same return or even less return. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's requiring more of us. And so we need strong and healthy teams, again, that are aligned and working together to accomplish our mission and achieve our strategy. And so you can't be lean and strong if your culture's not healthy. So while it feels like I don't have time for that, I think it's one of the things you need to make and probably give disproportionate time to is how do I get this team healthy and aligned? So a simple thing back to our practical side of things (laughs) is, uh, first of all, I would say, Hey, this is one really good way to kind of define culture is think about one or two of your your best team members, like those people that you can just count on, they're reliable, they are able to just, you know, fulfill your work in a way that you you just trust. You just know that they get it, that they understand it, and that they're going to do good work. Diagnose, like look at those couple of employees and say, okay, what is it that they do? What do they value? What are they doing day in and day out? that reflects what I would love for all of our team members to do. What, how are they behaving? What is, you know, I, I, the simple equation that I use for culture is that our values multiplied by our behavior equals our culture. So what do we value as an organization in how we work? So depending on what kind of organization you're a part of, you may have values about like the values of the business or the organization. But I'm saying, what do you value as a team and how you work together what are the behaviors that reflect those values? Because if you can define those two things, you're going to be on your way to a healthy culture. What do we value? What's really important to us? Then how do we behave congruently with those values? That's going to take you a step further in creating a culture that you're really proud of and that your team members want to be a part of. Mm-hmm. So that's, that would be one of the first things I would do is define those values, define those behaviors.
2: Oh, that's so awesome. Well, Jenny, you have given our listeners a lot to think about today, and I'm so glad that you're passionate as much passionate about culture as we are here at Belay. I have no passion, and, you, uh,
0: right? There's no, there's no, no.
2: passion any of that. Well, <laughs> and our leadership team read your book a few years ago and so you have already made an impact on Belay and our team and, um, and we probably today are still using, uh, no doubt, those principles that you taught us years ago. So thank you so much for spending time with us today and uh, we definitely need to have you back again.
0: Awesome. Thank you guys so much for the conversation and thanks for modeling great culture. You guys are doing it Awesome
1: job. Thank you. We're just trying to live by your rules, Jenny. (laughs) I love it. What would Jenny do? Oh, yeah. No pressure. No pressure. That's awesome.
2: Thank you, guys. Thank you. Man, I loved having Jenny on our show today. She was She's so, so awesome. Fun. Goodness, I just love her passion. I Love, 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 love it. So, tell me, what's your takeaway? There was a lot there. I know. There's a lot of good stuff there. Yeah, I I like how she really talked about how culture is
1: measurable and culture does show mm-hmm. up in your results. I know we like to think that it's the squishy part of our business and it's the unmeasurable things that maybe get pushed aside, but but really I love how she really, you know, just reaffirmed the importance of culture, the importance of healthy culture. And, and it really you really can connect the dots and find it on the other yes. side in your metrics. A high performing team, a healthy team produces better results, are more healthy, use less PTO, yes. right? Like they right. want to be they're more engaged in your organization. So I really do love and and I, I really do believe it because I feel like here at Ballet, we see the same thing. We have a healthy, engaged team and that's what gives us the results that we have. So I, I am all on board with culture really, truly being measurable.
2: So that's, that's my favorite part of all this conversation. How about you? Yeah, I love that. And I, and I think that, um, We spend a lot of time pouring into our team and really solidifying our culture Mm -hmm. and continuing to refine our culture. And I think on the opposite side, we get to talk less about the metrics Mm -hmm. and about the goals because our mission and our why is so ingrained in our culture that naturally people want to become overachievers.
1: Yes. People want to do great work for great leadership
2: and for great companies. I mean, they, they really want to
1: show up and give you all they've
2: got and then some. Right. So I think that's the interesting thing is so often we just think that, oh, strategy, 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 metrics, metrics, metrics. But when you focus and really get people at the heart right? People want to do meaningful work. And when you get at the heart, then they just really overachieve. So for me, I liked her equation that the values multiplied by behavior equals your culture. And I think that's really easy to understand because I think a lot of times people don't know how to define culture. It's not one of those things that was really a buzzword until like the last- They don't teach it in business school? No. You're know, not getting an MBA in culture. Yeah. No, I mean, it really didn't come about until the last five years ago. I mean, you mm. knew you wanted to work at a nice place, quote unquote, nice place. These are nice people. I want to work for them. Or, oh, they don't yell in the office or make me feel bad. But I think really when we started to focus on culture- for some business leaders, it can be a little scary because that may not be a natural part of their leadership to connect with their team. I mean, it requires a lot of vulnerability
1: yes. a- and really transparency. You know, I feel mm-hmm. that as, you know, the CEO of Belay, that I have to be more vulnerable and transparent today than I've ever had to be Because you do, like she said, I mean, culture starts at the top and and your team is looking to you. They're watching you. You are setting the tone. So there is certainly a lot to be said for really owning it and making it a priority. I I don't want to lead an organization that people don't want to work for that has high high turnover or we don't hit our metrics because there's sour apples in the bunch. Like, Who wants to work there?
2: Yeah, not us. We don't want to work there. No. No. I look forward to waking up every morning and coming to work. Me too. And I want my team members to feel the same way, that they're valued and thought of, and that they work for an authentic company that's doing the right thing, right, that has good morals and good values. So, well, you know what time it is. It's time for the One Next Step. It's the One Next step time. <laughs> As the most practical business podcast, we want to make sure that taking action isn't overwhelming to you. So each episode, we're going to offer you one next step to propel you and your business forward. And today's next step is to download this episode's activation guide, which is the Culture Workbook by Jenny Catron and her team at the Foresight Group. The Culture Workbook covers three keys for developing a thriving team. It provides a framework and exercise to structure and articulate your culture, all the things we've been talking about today. So if you're ready to intentionally shape your culture, or if you just need help communicating what your culture is all about, you definitely want to download this amazing resource.
1: This is an excellent resource. So to download it now, text the phrase One Next Step to 31996 or visit onenextsteppodcast.com that's one next steppodcast.com. And when you request today's guide, you're also going to receive a summary of today's episode, which will include key quotes and takeaways, links to resources mentioned in the episode, and questions to ask yourself and your team to further explore this topic.
2: All right, and if you love great music, then you're definitely going to want to follow the link to a 10 to 15 minute playlist that you can play in the background while you focus on your one next step. So again, text the phrase one next step to 31996 or visit onenextsteppodcast.com.
1: And we're even going to give you the opportunity to submit your business questions so one of us or a future guest can answer them during a future upcoming episode.
2: That's right. So our challenge to you today is to download the guide and then give yourself the next 10 to 15 minutes to work on your next step. Alrighty, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did talking to Jenny and that you'll join us next time for more practical tips and actionable tools to advance your business one step at a time.
1: Until next time, own your journey. It's your life and your business. It's up to you to create the life and organization you want. So start by making today count. Thanks for listening to One Next Step. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify. Then, join us next time for more practical business tips and tools to help you get more done, grow your business, and lead your team with confidence. For more episodes, show notes, and helpful resources, visit OneNextStepPodcast.com.